0: Well, you know what we're doing today, we are going to wrap up a small series we began last week on prayer. Uh, we started last week talking about how we need to have a stance of prayer that is that we should always pray first. In fact, we, we gave out little uh, armbands last week. I've had so many uh, emails and Facebook posts of people talking about how, how that's really impacted their life that we ought to always pray first. So that literally before we punch send on the email, we should do what? Yeah, that that would be a good thing for a lot of you, right? And uh, before you even post that Facebook picture, come on, right? Pray first, right? You know, hey, my deal was I was getting on 85 at rush hour last week. How many know I prayed first, right? It's like, God, help my attitude. Help me be a blessing to others. Help me to not curse too much and help me to, to make it where I'm going. But literally the thought being that in all things we have a confidence that God has said he will help us, that he will guide us, he'll give us wisdom. James says if we lack wisdom, we should ask him for that. And he said he gives wisdom to us liberally and doesn't get upset with us asking. In fact, he wants us to do that because he is a gracious God who has something to speak into every aspect of our lives. And today, I believe he has something to speak into us about how we pray. And so you received a handout, I hope, when you came in, uh, a little Lord's Prayer handout. And if you didn't get one, uh, uh, David, if you could help me out. If, if you don't have a handout, get your, raise your hand up, make sure you got one. Uh, we missed a few folks coming in. Uh, kids, uh, blame it on Pastor Day. I wanted you guys to be in here because I grew up in church. How, how many of you grew up in church? Let me just see your hands. Okay, good good majority of us. I grew up in church, and honestly, prayer freaked me out. Because I I just, you know, the only prayer I ever heard was, it was the pastor praying over the church, right? And he would pray in this big bellowing voice, and he would pray in King James. And I never could figure that out. I'm like, we don't talk in King James on our household. Why do we pray in King James at church? And he's all thou and thee and thus. And I thought, man, there is no way I'm going to ever learn how to pray. But I want you to hear something this morning. The Lord gives us a simple pattern of prayer in his word that helps every one of us grow, not only in our knowledge of the Lord, but our effectiveness in prayer. So this morning, let's ask God to speak to us and let's make ourselves available to him. So would you join me in prayer? Father, thank you. God, we are so blessed today, God, to be in your presence. Father, we're so thankful, God, that Lord, when we sing, God, we're not just singing songs to to move to a point where we can hear preaching, God, but Lord, your word says that when we worship you, God, we enthrone you in our presence, God. And, Father, where your throne is, God, grace and mercy flow to us. And God, I don't, I don't know anyone else in this room, God, but I need your grace and mercy always, Father. So, God, I pray today, Lord, let it flow over our lives. Father, I pray that you give us a heart to hear and to spawn today, God. God, I pray you give us a, a, a desire, God, to know you more. God, that everything in our lives, God, would be, God, just infused with your grace, God. So speak to us in this message, and God, I pray we will grow in it. We pray in Jesus' name, amen, amen. You know, the Bible says in 1 Thessalonians, there are some things that we ought to do first. Now, I'm gonna ask you to turn to Luke's gospel. That's where I want you to go this morning. Luke chapter 11, if you brought your Bibles, go ahead and and make your way there. Matthew, Mark, Luke, then John, four gospels. And uh, go to chapter 11, because that's where we're gonna spend most of our time. But as you're turning there, you know, there, there are certain commands that the Bible gives us that, that, that seem too simple, but yet have great power to them. And one of those is in First Thessalonians uh, chapter 5. And it says we ought to rejoice always. We ought to, we ought to just rejoice always. There should be something in us that, that looks for that opportunity to give honor to God, no matter what we are walking in. Then he says that we are to pray what? Continually. Pray continually say, Pastor, I have had enough time praying every once in a while, and now the Bible says pray continually, and we're going to talk about that today, to how we, how we learn to live in that flow of prayer all throughout our day. Then it says, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. What's God's will for your life? That we ought to pray continually, that we ought to give thanks in all circumstances, we ought to rejoice always, that our God would constantly be on our mind, and he'd constantly be on our lips. You see, you guys, I don't know about you, but I, I find that life has this flow to it that we all get caught up in, right? It's, it's get up, get the coffee, get, get breakfast, whatever you got to do, get to work, make it through it, get to the end of the day. Whew, okay, now we can go live life. But you know what? The Bible teaches us that life is flowing all throughout all those things. And then if we live in an attitude of prayer and thanks and and praise to God, that those things that may seem mundane to us all of a sudden become filled with his presence and we begin to see him working in our lives and the lives of others. And it begins with prayer. You see, prayer for us should be our first response to life and not our last resort. You know, when all else fails, pray. That's probably more people's motto than pray first. But prayer ought to be our first response and not our last resort. But if you're like me, I have this struggle because for me, I tend to act first and pray later. Anybody ever do that? Anybody ever regret that? Yeah. You know, you're running along, you're trying to take care of business, and I'll say, oh yeah, God, would you bless this? <laughs> That's not a good prayer. Because God may not be in the middle of whatever you're doing because you didn't bring him to that. You're just kind of like adding him on like a little, little idol on the side here. Listen, guys, we need to learn to pray first. Nothing wrong with action. In fact, we need to be people of action. But there is a power of prayer that each one of us needs to get a hold of. Because if you haven't noticed lately, our world's in a, in a world of hurt right now. Do you, do you understand that? We live in a day, there's a lot of junk going on. There's a lot of things that are happening around the world that we need to pay attention to as believers. I mean, the moral decline is mind-boggling. It's a change that's happening so fast, we don't even know how to catch up to that. Wars, rumors of wars, intensity in the Middle East. Someone asked me the other day, they said, Pastor, are we living in the last days that the Bible talks about? If you read the Bible at all, and you spend time at all looking at, at what it means to be part of the last days, which, we, which means this, it means we are close to the return of Christ. You can't answer that question, but, but yes. Because as you look at what's happening around the world around us, we are the first generation that every biblical prophecy about the Lord's return has taken place except his return. We live in what we would consider the last days. Now, do we know when Christ is returning? No. No. And please don't go writing books about that or buying books about that because no man knows the day or the hour except God himself. But yet, biblically, we live in these last days. And something's up. Something's happening in this world spiritually that we need to get a hold of. And that is that we need to be a people of prayer that learn to lift up our world, lift up our families, lift up our city, our nation, our leaders every day because they need God's help and God's wisdom. Check it out in- 2 Chronicles 7, you don't have to turn there. A great passage in the Old Testament when God was speaking about what he was wanting from his people. He said, when I shut up the heavens so that there is no rain, there's this, this drought, this moral drought that we find ourselves in now, or command locusts to devour the land or send a plague on my people, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and do what? Okay, everybody, did y'all have coffee this morning? If not, we have great coffee right up here. If my people will humble themselves and do what? Pray, come on, all right? If they will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven, I will forgive their sin, and I will heal their land. Church, we have a role to play in this society. We have a role, and it's not to stand up and scream and yell about what we don't like, it's to go to God in prayer and say, God, your will be done, God, your kingdom come. God, open people's hearts and lives to you. We need to be a people that prayer is constantly on our lips. Now, again, you know, we, we say this, and those of you that grew up in church like pastor, we know this. Come on, we, we got this. We know we're supposed to pray, but the reality is prayer is hard for most people. It is not something we naturally get into. As I said, for some of us, it's because all we ever heard were pastoral prayers, and they were in a language we didn't even understand and yet for others, it was your experience in prayer. I, I, how many of y'all ever were in a situation where you're in prayer circles? You know what I'm talking about, prayer circles? You know, it's where you stand in a circle and you hold hands and everybody is supposed to pray, right? And what happens? They pray and then they like squeeze your hand and it's coming your way. And you know, what happens is, is you're like five people into this. You're not listening to anything they're saying at all. All you're thinking of is God help me not say something stupid, right? And you're just you're just waiting your turn. And and I, I've been guilty of this when it came to this, squeeze. Man, I just squeeze the next hand, let it go on around, you know. Just like <laughs> come on, keep that baby rolling around because I'm a little freaked out praying publicly. I'm the one that made a C in public speaking in college. All right, it's just it's not something that really builds up in me. Or for some, the only prayer you ever knew was the stupidest prayer ever given on this earth. Now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my what? Soul to keep. And if I die, that helps kids out, doesn't it, right? Man, that is just giving them a great picture of God. And if I die before I wake, I pray my soul. I can't even get the rest of it, right? I pray you, Lord. I get so infuriated at that point. Like, come on. Yes, I'm going to freak my kid out before bed. And If you die tonight, it's okay. God's got you, okay? Thanks, Dad. Appreciate that. Man, way to go. What an encourager. But we need to pray. We need to learn to pray. But if you're like me, you can come up with every excuse in the book, right? Not to pray. Now, I, I, we're good at excuses. I heard something the other day, and it, it just was funny, all right? Now, I, I grew up in Texas. Uh, uh, we had Aggie jokes back then. Now, some of y'all grew up in different parts of the country. You may have had Boudreaux jokes in the Cajun land and other places, right? But, but we had Aggie jokes, and, you know, now people in South Carolina know that the Aggies aren't a joke. Come on. Come on. I you, you had to. Come on, it was fun. But anyway, we're, we're not going to offend any region of our town or our city, all right? Let me tell you a joke about Bubba, all right? So Bubba one day got pulled over by, by the police because his car was swerving. And the police got Bubba out of the car and said, Bubba, what are you doing? And he said, I don't know. He said, I don't know what's going on. So they said, you know, Bubba, we're going to have to give you a, a breathalyzer test. Bubba said, well, I can't do that. And he said, why not? He said, I'm an asthmatic. They said, well, then, okay, then, Bubba, we're going to to take you downtown, and we're going we're gonna to do a blood test. He said, well, I can't do that either. He said, why not? Because I'm a hemophiliac. Well, he said, well, Bubba, something's got to work here. We're going to have to take a urinalysis on you, Bubba. And he says, I can't do that. Why not? I'm a diabetic. (sighs) All right, Bubba, get out of the car and walk that straight line. Then he says, I can't do that. He says, why not? Because I'm drunk. (laughs) Now, come on. That was funny. Come on, right? You know, we can come up with an excuse for just about anything. And today I'm going to challenge you guys to not give an excuse, but to live in this for the next seven days, all right? Luke chapter 11, verses 1 through 4, it says, One day Jesus was praying in a certain place. And when he finished, one of, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray just as John taught his disciples. Now now understand something. The disciples grew up in Judaism, so they grew up memorizing prayers. They, they grew up as part of their life was prayer. So it's not that they didn't pray They had just never prayed like Jesus prayed, okay? So they said, would you teach us to pray like you pray? And he said to them, when you pray, say, Father, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Give us each day our daily bread. Forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone who sins against us. And lead us not into temptation. Here's what he was doing. He was giving them an outline, a flow of prayer, that if we would all get into our lives, Prayer would become something that flows naturally from us. Nowhere did he ever say in here, here, if you're going to be a person of prayer, recite this prayer every time you come to me. I remember, I remember so many times before football games, we, we'd all pray the Lord's Prayer. I'm sitting, here, you know, I'm sitting here bowing my head next to the guy I know was out last night, drunk as a skunk. I'm over here with this one over here who's, who's high as a kite, and yet we're all like, our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be the name of the King. You know, it was just that rec- recital of prayer. There was no power to it. There was no passion And there was no connection. God didn't call us to be robots to recite stuff. He called us into a relationship with him through Jesus Christ. And Jesus said, this is how you pray. I want you to take some notes this morning. I'm going to give you some, some just very practical things. How do you get prayer into your life? The first thing is this. Prayer begins by connecting to God relationally. You connect to God relationally in prayer. Our Father, which art in heaven. Our Father. (laughs) it's it's a name that, that we call out to God, our Father in heaven. You know, we like to be called by our names, don't we? We like to be acknowledged, not hey, you. It's hey, Mike, good to see you. We're saying our Father in heaven. We're acknowledging that relationship with the Lord of lords and the King of kings. You see, God did not call us to come to know him through Jesus Christ just to pull away from us and be distant from us and say, good luck, you're on your own. No, he called us to know him and to connect him relationally every single moment of every single day. So our prayer begins with our Father. And I'm convinced that's why a lot of people have trouble praying, because they've approached God through religion and not through relationship. And religion says, let me do just enough to make it. And relationship says, God, I just want to be near you. We are raising our little guys. They're not so little anymore. Um, I, I remember what it, what it was like for one of them to just to, come in and just crawl my lap, you know? Some of you parents, you know what I'm talking about. And you just look at them, and your first thought is, because you're busy, right, you're kind of working, and they come crawling your lap, and we take that great adult response, like, what do you want? And they look up and go, Dad, I just, just want to come hang with you. just want to tell you I love you, Daddy. Man, when they would say that, I'm like, what do you want? I'll give you everything. Come on, you know. If you came here with no agenda, I, I'm, I'm good, all right? You know, now they're in college. So every time they call, I'm like, how much is it going to cost me, right? But, now, you know, in those little ages, it was nice, you know, because they just wanted to hang with Daddy. Well, there's no difference when I come to God in prayer. I'm saying, Lord, I just want to hang with you. I just want to know you. I want to be with you, Lord, and I want to connect with you. You see, we've not received, the Bible says, a spirit of fear. Some people fear coming to God do you. I mean, I'm, I'm a sinner, I messed up this week. You think he doesn't already know that? He's omniscient, right? So when we come to him, we don't come to him out of fear, but we come to him out of that spirit of love. He has adopted us into his family, and because that, we're his child, and he knows when we want to get close to him and when we just want something, and we need to learn to come to God because we just want to be with him. Yes, we want something, but he already knows that. But we come to him relationally first and say, our Father in heaven. So the first thing is connect to God relationally. Spend time in that. The second thing is we need to learn to worship his name. Hallowed be your name. Now, I don't know about you, but I don't use the word hallowed very often. But in this scripture, it's not just a word they threw in there. It is a stance of prayer that says, I'm going to worship you because of who you are. You see, there is power in the name of our Father. Proverbs says, the name of the Lord is like a strong tower. It's something we run to. It's something we grab a hold of. There's authority in the name of our Father. I loved, I loved growing up being the son of the town veterinarian. I just got to tell you, that was a great thing. It was better than being the mayor's kid. Because when you're in a small town in Texas, everybody's got cows, horses, dogs, something. So the veterinarian is very, very important. And I would always love to hear this. Oh, oh, you're Bob Field's son. Man, I was in. That was like, I'm good. I can hunt on your land. I can do anything because I am Bob Field's son. You know, my kids don't see it that way now. Chloe, we took her to UNC Wilmington uh, two weeks ago. And She's checking out churches. And she says, Dad, I have one requirement. I said, baby, what's your requirement? She goes, I want to go to a church where the pastor does not know who you are. I said, what's up with that? She goes, Dad, they always treat me different because I'm, I'm your daughter. I said, well, that ought to be a good thing. She says, Dad, help me out. <laughs> I said, okay, baby. So I gave her some church. I do know their pastor. But anyway, she, uh, they, don't, they don't know me that well, so they won't, they won't give her a hard time. But there's something about that name that, that we need to learn to worship. Uh, we need to honor the name of our God. I, I gave you in that handout today, and I'm not going to go all Hebrew on you here, but it's good to, to see this. Uh, there, there are eight names that God was known as in the Old Testament, and it's on that handout And I give this to you, because not so that you start praying to Jehovah Sidkenu, because that would be kind of weird, but you would start recognizing what the name of God meant when he said, hallowed be your name. So let's just walk through those really quickly here on your handout. You know, I I do this. I'll pray and I'll say, all right, God, I just want to honor you today as Jehovah Sidkenu because you are my righteousness. And Lord, I am completely forgiven of all my sin, not because of anything I have done, but because Christ went to the cross for me. I'm honoring his name. I pray, Lord God, you are Jehovah M. Kadesh, my sanctifier. I've been set apart for for ministry, God. I'm not just taking up space on this earth or sucking in oxygen. There's a reason I've been created, God, and all of us have that reason, and that is to be a reflection of who God is. Lord, I pray to you, Jehovah Rapha, you are my healer. I have health and I have healing because of you in my life, God, and I trust in you. You are Jehovah Nisi, my banner of victory. I I am secure. I I always have loved that one because I could picture that one really well. And that was, you know, when life's going crazy and chaotic, it was, a, it was a term that was meant in a military sense. In other words, if the battle was going all crazy and the troops didn't know what to do, there was always someone that would raise the flag. They'd raise the banner of the army, and they would know to run to that place. That was a place of safety. In the same way, Jehovah Nisi is the Lord who raises that banner, and we run to him. Jehovah Ra, probably the one that's most famous, Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. I am led by his Holy Spirit. Jehovah Shalom. Our peace, we have peace through Christ. He has broken down every separation between us and God. We have access to God, so we honor him as our, our peace. I, I Jehovah Shama. I love this one. The Lord is there. Where's the Lord? He's there. Where, where are you gonna be this week? He's there. You're like, that's, that's not, I don't want him there. He's there anyway, okay? You, you need to recognize that. But on the positive side of that, when you find yourself in times and places that are difficult and hard, guess where God is? He's right there. Isn't that comforting? The Psalm 139 says there's nowhere I can go to flee his presence. There, there's nowhere I can end up on this earth that God is not with me. And no matter what I'm facing, no matter what I'm walking through, Jehovah Shammah is with me, and I am never alone. And then finally, Jehovah Jireh, this is probably the one we go to the most, and that is Our provider. We have success. We have provision. All oh, why? Because God is the provider of everything we need. Every good and perfect gift, the word says, comes down from the hot Father, comes down from the Father with whom there's no shifting shadows. He doesn't change. He is good to us always. You see, when we honor the name of the Lord, we're not just saying, well, well praise God. We have God in our life. What we're saying is, no, we recognize in God we have healing. We have provision, we have righteousness, we have, we have peace, we have his presence. All these things move into our lives when we come to our Father and say, Lord, hallowed be your name. Then we move to the third piece of this. We say, your kingdom come, your will be done. Can I tell you that prayer was never intended to be a place where you and I just come and dump our lives in the lap of God? I mean, don't you, wouldn't you love that if in a conversation with people you love that when you, when they're coming, you're like, oh, here it goes. You know, they're going to tell me every bad thing that happens in your life. Oh, I forget. That's what Facebook's about, right? No, they're going to come and just, just dump on me, right? You're just, boy, I'm looking forward to that conversation, right? Listen, the Bible says we are to cast our cares on the Lord because he cares for us. But the whole purpose of prayer is not just come to tell God how bad your life is, Listen, he knows what's going on in your life. And there is a time that we're going to bring our request to him. But first, we're going to pray his agenda. And that's the third point. Pray his agenda first. You see, you may have a prayer list that has your grandma on it and your aunts on it and your, your job on it and your finances, your kids, your dog. All those things that are important to you. And you, you pray over that list. But I can tell you that God has a prayer list as well. And his prayer list is for the lost. His prayer list is for others. And if we're going to learn to pray in the, in the pattern that Christ taught his disciples to pray, we need to put his agenda first. And we need to learn to pray for others before we ever get around to just coming to our own need. Matthew 6, says this, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. What, what are those things? It's all the stuff we worry about. If you read Matthew 6, he says, look, I got you covered. You worry about food, clothing, shelter, I got you covered. He says, seek first my kingdom, my righteousness, and I'll tell you what, all those things are going to come your way anyway. That's why when we pray, we need to learn to pray his agenda first. I shared with you last week, we need to pray over our nation. We need to pray over our leaders, our president, the Supreme Court, Congress, Senate, governors, all the way down to local commissioners. We need to cover them in prayer. You say, Mike, why do we do that? Because the Bible said we should. And guess what? They need prayer. Amen. And that's not a political statement. I wouldn't want to be there in their place. My younger brother is an appellate court judge in Texas. I was with him just about a month ago. I said, dude, I pray for you. He goes, please do. He goes, the stuff that comes across my desk that I have to deal with, he goes, I feel like I need to take a bath every day after I get away from that. He says, it's hard. God put him there. And we need to lift him up in prayer. We need to pray for our church and our our family. We need to lift up the leaders of our community groups, the the elders, the teachers in our church. We need to pray for our our kids, our, our our." our relatives, even the mother-in-law, you don't. You need to pray for anyway, right? Because when you've done all that, then, then, then you pray for yourself. Lord, your kingdom come, your will be done. Let it happen now, God. Let, let what you see in heaven, Lord, let it take place now on earth. Then, then give us our day. Give us this day our daily bread. And That's the fourth point. Pray for what you need, even when you don't feel the need. You say, God, I don't need anything. Yeah, you do. No, I'm good. There's money in the bank. You know, we got food in the pantry. We're good. Now, listen, this is very important. The reason he brings us in is we need to learn to acknowledge every day that we have nothing apart from Christ. That we are not self-sufficient. That we are not able to make it on our own. We need to acknowledge every day our need of God, whether you feel like you have specific needs or not. Because here's the mistake we make. Our mistake is this, and that is that we only go to God sometimes when we need him. We need him every hour, every moment, every second of the day. And by saying, Lord, give us this day our, our daily bread, we're not just saying, Lord, feed us. What we're saying is, Lord, we acknowledge that, Lord, you are the provider of everything in our lives. And Lord, when we pray this, what we're learning to do is we're learning to rest in the fact of that provision. So we don't stress out. We don't get worried. We don't complain. We don't, we don't do all the things that everyone else that has no faith in God does. We say, Lord, you've got us covered. You've got my marriage covered, God. God, you got my kids covered. God, you got my job covered. Even if that job goes away, God, <laughs> they're, they're, they think they're, the, they're my provision, God, but you're my provision, right? This is Labor Day weekend. You know, it's not exactly a big spiritual celebration, but yet it is. Because the Bible says we should do everything as unto the Lord. How many have ever worked for a bad boss? If had a third hand, I'd... But you know what? He's not your provision anyway. And if you honor God in how you work and your attitude and how you live, guess what? God just might give you a better boss. Or he might leave you right there for you to influence that boss for the Lord. But if you curse his name, don't show up on time, give bad work and all that, guess who you're dishonoring? King of kings and the Lord of lords. Boy, it got quiet in here. Come on, that's good preaching. Come on, you got you can amen that. You know, it's true, right? If, if we can if God can't trust us in the small things, how does He can expect us to be trusted in the big things, right? So we need to honor God with even how we work. No, life's not fair. Look at your neighbor and say that real quick. Life's not fair. No, say it with conviction. Life's not fair. My kids got so tired of hearing that growing up. Life's not fair, but God is just and God is good. And there are sometimes things happen because of the sin of somebody else and you get, you get caught up in that. That's not fair, is it? But if your hope is in God, he'll see you through that. We sang about that this morning. All things work together for what? My good, right. So every day we need to remind ourselves that, that everything comes from the hand of God. And we need to, we need to have, fulfill that promise uh, that, that we will praise him, that promise we will honor him. That's why we give as part of our worship here. What we're saying is, God, if you hadn't given me breath and life and talents and gifts, God, I wouldn't have a job anyway. So what you provide for me, God, I'm gonna honor you first with that. That's that first fruits that we give to God. So we need to every day get that point and say, all right, God, I, I, I wanna give you everything, Lord, because I depend on you, God, for my emotional health. Come on, somebody. God, you bring peace when nothing else can bring peace. God, I, I thank you, God, for my physical health. I know, I know for some that's hard because you're battling sickness or battling disease. But God's with you, and the ultimate healing is through him. God, I, I, I thank you for my, for my finances. You know? I thank you for my kids. God, I thank you for my neighbors. God, we need to learn to pray to you for everything because, Lord, we provide, you provide all things. That's why we pray first. And we want to say, God, give us this day our daily bread. And then the fifth thing, and this is where it gets probably a little harder for some, and he says this, forgive us as we what? Forgive others. So we need to get our heart right with God and get our heart right with others. See, Mike, this was fun until that point, okay? You know, this was good. We were thanking God for daily bread. We were thanking God for his name. We're honoring him. Now you're telling me i got to forgive somebody? Yes. In Matthew's gospel, when he lists this same prayer out. He finishes it up with a quick little teaching and says this. He said, if you can't forgive someone else their sins against you, this is in Matthew 6. You can go read it later. He said, if you can't forgive someone their sins against you, guess what? Your heavenly father can't forgive you of your sins against him. It's kind of important, don't you think? So we need to forgive others just as God forgave us. You know, when we pray that, I, this, is, this is the thing that I've, I've learned to pray. I said, Lord, don't, don't let me become desensitized to sin don't, don't let me become so wrapped up in this world's way of doing things that nothing to me bothers me we, we ought to be bothered by a lot of things we ought to be bothered when we just wink at sin in our entertainment and other areas that that ought to bother us that only comes if we ask god to help us not to be desensitized to this world and then i pray lord search my heart and point out anything that offends you because i want my heart pure before you god i want my life open to you and then I pray, and I pray for people that, that may have hurt me, intentionally or unintentionally. And I, I say, God, I, I release them to you. God, I, I don't, I don't want to be bound, God, because I can't forgive somebody else. God, I, I, I don't want anybody else ruling my life, God. And the person you cannot forgive is the person that rules your life. Because here's the thing, and we've taught this here before. you got all this mixed up in your life, and someone's hurt you, and you just can't release them and forgive them. Can I tell you, you're thinking about them a lot. They're not thinking about you at all. And you're in a prison of your own choices. But when you forgive somebody, wow. Then you just release all that to God. God brings it out of your life, and it just gives you that peace. So we need to pray for people that have hurt us. but We also need to pray for people who are upset at us or maybe even have offended But here's the one that I I really found works for me really well. I'm like, God, help me to forgive people in advance, God. Because, Lord, somebody's going to do something that's going to upset me today. It's just, you know, whether it's on 85, whether it's at the coffee shop, wherever, someone's going to do something stupid. It's just the world we live in. But I'm praying, Lord, don't let me be a person who is easily offended or holds grudges. Come on now. Lord, help me not to be easily offended. You know, you know, Jesus was talking to Christians when he gave this out. He wasn't talking to people that don't know him. He's talking to us, right? Don't be easily offended. Well, you know, that person didn't acknowledge me at church yesterday. Well, They might have been going through something. You weren't on their radar. Well, oh, the pastor didn't say hi. I might have been talking to 10 other people at the same time. I'm good at that. I am. Thank you, John. I'm working on that one. I didn't like the way he led that song. I don't know I'm going to go back at church. It's a song. (laughs) Get over it, right? We were so easily offended. This world lives with anger right on their sleeve. Notice that? We're angry people. Come on, guys. God help us. God help us to forgive in advance. 1 John 1, 9 says this. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. Who is that promise to? That's to you and I. He said he will forgive us, but he asks us to forgive others. So we need to learn to, to get our hearts right with God and get our hearts right with other people. Come on, fixing to wrap this up. The next part is this. He says, do not lead us into temptation. We need to engage in spiritual warfare. And I know that's going to freak some people out to hear that term warfare here, but let me explain it, okay? He says, we need to learn to pray and stand up against things we know are going to happen in our life. I really don't like the translation of this because when you get into the original language here, the do not lead us in temptation really says, do not allow me to be led into temptation. Because God, the word says, God does not tempt anyone. God doesn't, God doesn't throw temptation in front of us. I've heard people say, oh, oh, God's tempting me today. He's just trying to really see who I am. God does not tempt anyone to sin. Get that in your heart. Temptation comes from one source, and it's not God. We have an enemy of our souls, Satan, Lucifer, whatever you want to call him. The Bible has multiple names for him who seeks to kill, steal, and destroy our lives. John 10.10. 10. But Christ came to give us life and life more abundantly. And so we need to learn to engage in this spiritual warfare where we're saying, God, help me today that I will not be tempted in sin, Lord, because I'm not going to get on the agenda of anybody else but you, God. Because you see, the agenda of Satan, the enemy of our souls, he wants us to to live into that that, that gray area of sin so that we kind of lose that communion with God. God still loves us. God's with us. But we get convicted and we get guilt-ridden and we kind of break away from God instead of that. So we need to learn to go against him in prayer because here's the thing. The enemy of our souls is working much harder than most of us to destroy our lives than we work at defeating him in our prayer. You say, well, Mike, he's already defeated. Yes, he is. But the Bible says we need to proclaim truth. In our prayer, what we're saying is this. We serve a God who is great. The enemy is under our feet, and we're not going to give in to his lies. We're not going to give in to his temptations. We're going to live a life that is that is true and right before God. Ephesians six twelve, a great passage of scripture. And man, I wish I could speak this in James Earl Jones' voice, you know, right now, but I I don't have that one. All right, and it says, "For our struggle is not against flesh and blood." Do do you understand that? Well, Mike, there's there's flesh and blood in my way. I mean, she's the struggle. No, no, our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. You see, if, if we believe the word of God, and if we believe that God did all he's done for us through the cross of Jesus Christ, then we recognize that even though death, hell, and the grave were defeated in that moment, we still live in this world where Satan seeks to kill, still, destroy. He seeks to, to draw people away. He seeks to, to, to make us move away from the things of God. And he is very deceptive at it. He works very hard at it, but we already know something, and that is he is defeated. In our prayers, all we're saying is this, Lord, we are not going to be so, so caught up in the things around us that we're going to forget that we serve a God who's conquered all. We need to fight in prayer. We need to pray over things. We need to lift up before God, our family. Nehemiah 4, we looked at it last week. He said, fight for your families. I fight for my kids in prayer. They're at that age, I can't tell them anything. Can I get a witness? You college students know what I'm talking about. Well, they're starting to, because they're all fixing to get out of college. They're starting to listen. But, you know, they're at that age, they're not going to listen to that, because they already know it. But every morning, I'm calling them out for God. My like, God, touch Brett. I, I love my big guy. God, let that, that sensitivity become sensitized to you, God. I pray for Wes. I shared you last week. He's my natural-born leader. My like, God, don't ever let him be a follower. Let him lead God to places that bless people. I pray for, pray for Chloe, my, my little innocent tough one. You know, sends me a picture this week. I'm paying for college. What is she doing? She's climbing rocks, okay? That, here's what I'm doing at college, dad. I'm climbing rocks. Great. That costs a lot. I could have taken your Dick Sporting good for that. I mean, come on, right? But yet, she's my tough one. You don't mess with her. I'm like, God, take that strength and make her a woman of God. The man, no, no, nobody's going to come and dominate her life. Nobody's going to come and ever abuse her. No one, you know, I'm, just, I'm praying those things over my daughter. I'm fighting for my family. I pray for my wife, Denise, every day. We, we're going 30 years of, of marriage next June. How many know we still need prayer? Come on, right? The honeymoon's still rolling. We got, we got it going, all right? God, help us to grow closer together, God. Help us to, to see those things we prayed for happen in our lives. All of this comes into this place of saying, God, I am going to go to battle for the things that matter to me. And then finally, the last thing is this. We need to express our faith in God's ability. I know it's probably not in your Bible and it's not up on the screen in the NIV, but the older translations of the word of God had this phrase on the end of this prayer where it says that yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. And we always sing it forever and ever and ever. Amen. And all he's saying is when we come to this prayer and we've, we've laid things out before God, we've acknowledged him as our father, we've, we've taken on all those things from his name that are good for us, and then we, we begin to pray his will be done, then we begin to pray over the things that we need, we go to God and pray over our families, we fight for what matters in our lives. He says, then whatever you do, if you really, really want to get in this flow of prayer, he said, always come back to that point of praising God who can do all things. And he does all things well. I found two scriptures that really speak that to my life when I pray. I'm just gonna share them with you, then we're gonna close in prayer today. Because what I'm saying in that time is this Lord, I can only do this in your power, and it's for your glory, God. Jeremiah 32 17 says this Ah, sovereign Lord, you have made the heavens and the earth by your great power and outstretched arm. Nothing is too hard. For you. How many like that this morning? You know, I I try to start my day in in the word, word and water than coffee and the paper. That's the pattern I try to go with. And my place of prayer is actually the back porch. It's a good place to pray. And I end up out there with my with my dog and Bible, and I'm sitting back, and it's always that time of day where the way my house faces, you can start seeing the sunrise, and it's amazing. And this always comes to me because it was a song we used to sing as kids growing up in church. Ah, Lord God, thou hast made the heavens and the earth by thy great power. Ah, Lord God. You know, it's just that point of saying, God, if I look around me and see the greatness of what is, then why am I worried about this thing right here? God, if I can see the one that put the stars in place, God, and told the oceans where to stop, then, Lord, I can trust you. And then I go to that last scripture for me. It's Revelation five thirteen. And that is to him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. Be praise and honor and glory and power forever and ever and ever. See guys, God's called us to be people of prayer. He's called us to be people that put our trust in him. He called us to be people of relationship that every day would say, Lord, I need you. You see, I wanted our kids in here this morning because I want you to hear this. You're not too young for God to hear your prayers. He hears them now. I'm not going to give you a test. You don't have to remember all seven points, but I think at your age, you start getting that into your spirit. Because see, I, I don't, I, I don't want to be a person that prayer is just something I do, and then I go to live the rest of the day like God's not even there. I forget who said it, but I, I've always been been struck by this. He said I may not pray every day for an hour. He said but I never go for an hour without praying. That's when prayer becomes part of who you are. That's when the name Jesus is not something you do when you get frightened. It's something you say because you mean business. In church I believe this. I believe God is calling us. You know, we're coming into the fall. We're coming to a time where a lot of folks get back into church. A lot of people that have never been to church start coming. I believe God has a harvest in our lives. and That's why we're taking a few weeks to just get back to some fundamentals. We go, okay, people, let's pray. Next week, we're going to spend two weeks on worship. How does God call us to worship? Why does he call us to worship? How do we worship? But when we come back to the things that touch his heart, then I believe we see the things that he's placed on our heart come to pass. So here's what I want us to do. I want you to stand with me this morning. We're going to pray. We're going to respond to God. I've asked the band to lead us in a song. It's a beautiful song. But before they do that, would you just bow your heads with me? And we're going to ask God to help us to pray. For some, you may have gone this whole week without praying. And right now, you're sitting there going, great. (laughs) I feel bad. Listen, start where you are. Start where you are. I can't go back and fix last week, but I can start today and make a brand new future in my life. Start where you are. And it may be that tomorrow you get up and go, our Father, and you just stay there. Can I tell you? He'll meet you. When you acknowledge who he is in your life relationship. he'll meet you. But Some of you this morning, I really believe God is moving in your heart to say, you know what? I need to move prayer to another level. I need to move prayer to another place in my life. Your prayer may not happen first thing in the morning. It may be at noon or, or at night. I grew up my grandpa. I love visiting my grandpa king. Because I would hear him echo through the house every night before he slept. God bless Michael. God bless Bobby, Cindy. He go through all the family. Whatever that time is, put God, let him meet you, let him bless you. So right now, let's just pray, Father. God, I love you I thank you for this day. God, I thank you, Lord, that, God, we have the opportunity to communicate with you, Father. God, you've not given us anyone else we have to go through, Lord. God, there's not a man that stands between us and you, God, because you sent your own son to die for us and rise from the grave. Because of that, Lord, you said we can boldly approach your throne. God, I pray that that becomes the stance for every one of us. That, Lord, we come to you. God, we come to you out of relationship, not out of fear. God, we come to you out of a love relationship, not out of guilt. And then, God, we'd come to you to spend time with you, God, and recognize that you are the giver of life. You're the source of life. God, Lord, you, God, want us to experience life in you. So, Father, I pray right now, God, that, Lord, as we bow our hearts before you, God, if there are those that are far from you today, God, God, whether here or listening on podcast, God, if they're far from you, God, maybe, maybe for some, it's they were once close and life circumstances have kind of caused them to step back, God, away from you. Lord, draw them near today. God, your word says if we draw near to you, you draw near to us. So God, let us take that first step and say, Lord, we're coming back. God, we're coming back. Lord, we want to be near you. Father, draw them to yourselves. God, for others, maybe they've never acknowledged what Jesus did for their life. And God, I pray today, Lord, that as we close this time together, Father, right where they are, God, they would just speak to you. It doesn't have to be eloquent. It's not even with all the right words, but just saying, Lord, I want to know you. And I want to know what Christ did for my life. And I want to accept you as my Lord and Savior. God, I I thank you because that's a prayer you run to, God. God, you forgive us, you cleanse us, God, and you put us on a new path, God. You said that all things become new. God, not because of a prayer, God, but because of a, a heart that says, I need you. So Father, today, help us. Help us wherever we are, God. God, to take things to you in prayer. God, I believe there's some here today, God, they're struggling. God, there's issues they're facing that are so overwhelming they can't even see through them, God, right now. God, I pray Matthew 6, 33 becomes real to them, God, when they seek first your kingdom and your righteousness, God, and trust you that all they need, God, will be added to their lives, God. God, I trust you for that. So, fathers, we respond to you this morning, God. Let us be real. Let us be honest.